Have you heard the term concierge medicine and wondered exactly what that means? In short, it's the answer to the question, isn't there a better solution to my health care? Concierge medicine means virtually no waiting for your doctor. It means 24-7 access to physician care. It means truly individualized health care, all at a cost that's lower than you might expect. See pricing and learn more at PartnerMD.com. It's better health care for an even better you. So, is this the line for Dragon's Maze? Wow, the line is really long. We'll meet up later. How long will you wait? As long as it takes. So, you guys are only going to do this one ride all day? It won't be that long, probably. Mom, can you get us food? But wait, are they cutting? Caleb, food is so far away. Should I say something? Daddy, pick me up. Mom! Hey, there's a line here. Daddy, swing me. That's like 20 people. Oh one person holds the line for 20 people? This is bull. Don't go there. Go on a real vacation. Go RVing. Learn more at GoRVing.com. to Course Correction Radio, my friends. My name is Trey Harris. Thank you for joining me. And for those of you who will be watching this on YouTube when it premieres, let me pull the camera up. That way you can see my beautiful mug here. Um, so, got a great show for you. Um, if you guys are listening uh, live on Spreaker, or maybe even if you're listening later, um, you know, whether it's on the podcast or on Shake and Wake Radio, um, I, I, I think you're going to find what we're going to talk about interesting. I, I know I find it interesting. So um, before we do uh, really anything, let me – I'm going to come back out here real quick. i got a few more things to pull up, and I'm just going to play some quick stuff that I normally play at the beginning of the show when we do it live. Um, so give me just a second. I'll be right back, guys. Just a friendly reminder, CCR Weekly is a variety show where we will talk about the news that's currently going on, as well as topics in the Bible that people really want to know about. If you are here just for the Bible topic, I completely understand. However, I do ask that you be patient with us as we get through the news, because we are watchmen on the wall, and Jesus commanded us watch and that is what we want to help you do as well so we will get to the biblical topic but we are going to save that for last as it is the most crucial and important topic that we have thank you so much for all your support and your patience and we look forward to hearing from you in our live chat god bless you all and we'll talk to you real soon
never forget that none of us can go through this walk alone. We are a body, and as a body, we just want to say thank you to every single one of you that tune in every week to watch us both live and after the fact. And we also want to give a huge shout out to friends of ours that are so encouraging and can help you in your walk as well. So make sure you guys check out ShakeAndWakeRadio.com, NYSTV.org, TruthRadioShow.com. And if you want to delve deep into the doctrine of Christ and what it is, we highly recommend you check out the Doctrine of Christ series on the Jimmy Vision YouTube channel. And you can find a link to their website in their show notes as well. Tons of resources for you at all of these places. Make sure you guys check out FOJCRadio.com for tons of stuff that just delves into the Bible front to back. And they have tons of resources that can help you as well. Thank you so much for all your support. And God bless every single one of you. All right, and we're going to come over here, and I'm going to start um, with Revelation chapter 17. Um, and verse 1 says, And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, and I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, and having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her head, upon her forehead, excuse me, was a name written mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. And the beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life. From the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was, and is not, and yet is. Now, for many of you guys that may be, you know, watching this on YouTube as it premieres, or um, whether you're watching it on our website, because by the way, when we do these uh, either, so like right now we're live on Spreaker streaming the audio, 
But the videos, when they're pre-recorded, will actually go up on the website first. That's menoyonmedia.substack.com. You can find us on the Substack. A pre-recorded videos, which for the time being is what we're going to have to do because the internet's just not, um, you know, like it was in the other, you know, in our other area where we had a direct hookup to it. Um, it's not as strong over here as it is on the other side. So, um, but we're going to be doing that and you can actually get early access. If you subscribe to the newsletter, you'll find the video up there first. And then of course it'll air, you know, later on same time, Saturday, 9 PM Eastern standard time. But if you want it early, you can have it, um, you know, we're going to be uploading it shortly after the show here. So, um, but anyway, so if you guys, like, like I was saying, if you guys uh, have been around for a while, you may know, especially if you are also subscribed to FOJC Radio and, um, you know, the Doctrine of Christ um, over at Jimmy Vision, um, you'll, you guys will know that the beast that was and is not and yet is, that is um, kind of a reference to the Beast Kingdom, which has ebbed and flowed throughout history. But it can also be a reference to Satan, who got received a deadly head wound at the crucifixion of Christ. And that deadly head wound will be healed. You know, kind of, you, you guys know where I'm coming from with that. But here's what I want to focus on, especially for some of our new newer listeners and viewers. I want to talk about this concept of, so in, in verse 1 it says, Come hither, and I will shew unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. So uh, let's come over here. I want to take you over to, and this is just one of the places you can find it. You can find a reference to uh, what, a, what the, like, the biblical definition of a whore. You can find all of that in... Um, I mean, Ezekiel, Isaiah, but we're going to go over to Jeremiah 3, because really everybody's familiar, kind of familiar with that one. It's brought up especially outside of the mainstream church quite a bit. And this is what it says. They say, if a man put away his wife, she go from him and they become, and become another man's. Shall he return unto her again? This is, of course, Jeremiah through the word of the Lord, building on the uh, concept of divorce in Deuteronomy 24. And, of course, Paul also builds on this in Romans chapter 7, but we're going to stick with this for right now because we've actually done, well, we've talked about this throughout several shows. But, you know, this is Jeremiah building on this concept. Now, keep this in mind. A woman that is married to her husband, if she go from him and become another man's, shall he return unto her again? Shall the not the land be greatly polluted? But thou hast played the harlot with many lovers, yet return again to me, saith the Lord. Lift up thine eyes unto the high places, and see where thou hast been not been lying with it. In, or, excuse me, in the ways hast thou sat for them as the Arabian in the wilderness, and thou hast polluted the land with thy whoredoms and with thy wickedness. Therefore, showers have been withholden 
This is, of course, a reference, you know, you see with um, Elijah in the book of Second Kings that there was, you know, the land went without rain forever. Um, I think it was like three years. Um, so, but that's what he said. You know, this is what God says. Therefore, the showers have been withholding, and there has been no latter rain, and thou hadst a whore's forehead, thou refusest to be ashamed. Verse 4, Wilt thou not from this time cry unto me, My father, thou art the guide of my youth? Will he reserve his anger forever? Will he keep it to the end? Behold, thou hast spoken and done evil things as thou couldest. The Lord said also unto me in the days of Josiah the king, Hast thou seen that which backsliding Israel hath done? She is gone up upon every high mountain and under every green tree, and there hath played the harlot or the whore. Um, and verse 7, And I said, After she had done all these things, turn thou unto me, but she returned not, and her treacherous sister Judah saw it. Verse 8, And I saw when for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a bill of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah feared not, but went and played the harlot also. And it came to pass through the likeness of her whose, um, well, I mean, Israel, Judah, I mean, through her whoredom, she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and with stocks. So what is the b- biblical definition of a whore? When we look at Mystery Babylon, the whore of Babylon, understand this. If you're not familiar with the concept, Scripture will always interpret Scripture. You cannot go wrong using Scripture to interpret Scripture. The highest form of that would be using the doctrine of Christ. And, you know, look, you can find very similar language with Jesus talking to the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the same way. You know, we'll look at um, Jesus never you know, outright called them, you know, a whore or a harlot, but, you know, he called them blind guides. The same thing that you see uh, similar names to Jeremiah calls, the priests and um, leaders of Israel and Judah in the book of Jeremiah. Um, so, but this is what a whore is biblically. A whore, biblically, is somebody who, uh, or a group that was in the covenant with God, like Israel was at Mount Sinai. All the Lord has said we will do. I mean, that's what they said at Mount Sinai, at the base of Mount Sinai. Um, and then they went and played the harlot. You know, they, they, the, God says they committed adultery with, you know, with, uh, with, what did it say, with stones and with stocks. Um, so when you look at Mystery Babylon and you understand that, look, I don't, honestly, I think everybody that's been listening to this show for a while knows that I am a uh, 
I am, you know, I believe that everybody that confesses Christ and follows his doctrine and, you know, accepts his free gift of the cross, we are all grafted into the cultivated olive tree that is Israel. But I don't care whether you believe that the Israel and the church are two separate entities or not. Some, but everybody would agree in some form or fashion that we are under a new covenant. I believe, because the Bible says later in the book of Jeremiah, I believe we are under a new covenant that has the same stipulations. It's just written on a different piece of paper and signed, or sealed, I should say, not signed, but sealed in the blood of Christ. So, understand that when we are unfaithful, when the church or Israel is unfaithful to God's commands, to the doctrine of Christ, as it were, we are playing the harlot. So who is the whore of Babylon first and foremost? The whore of Babylon is an unfaithful church or something masquerading as a church or has a veneer of Christianity. And um, but notice, notice when we go back, let's go back over here to Revelation chapter 17. Hopefully this will pull up for me soon. Let's see. Might just be quicker to do it this way. All right, yeah, let's do it this way. So notice this. It says, if we come down to verse 5, And upon her forehead was written, Mystery Babylon the great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Notice this word, mystery. This is the Greek word, musterion. And let's head over here. We're going to go to Bible Hub. Um, I find, personally, their interface is a little more user-friendly. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. So, and for those of you who have never used Bible Hub, I'll give you a quick crash course. Um, you just type in BibleHub.com for those of you that are listening and not able to watch. Um, we're going to come over here. Let me turn back to this for you guys watching on YouTube and the website. All right, so we've come over here to Interlinear on BibleHub.com. You'll see it. Um, there will be a little menu of different quote translations of the Bible. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm a King James guy, and I really don't think you're going to get much better than that. Um, all the all the new Bibles, their texts are crap. They're from Alexandria, and you know we'll kind of get into why we'll get into why anything from Alexandria uh, should not be trusted here in a few minutes. So, but you'll find it. It'll say parallel sermons, topical strongs, comment for commentary, and interlinear. Click on interlinear, and then up at the top is a little, uh, top left is um, a bar with, like, Genesis. So you can come down here. We'll head over to Revelation um, for the verse, chapter and verse box. We will come down here, and we will click 
uh, chapter 17. Once it pulls that up, we'll go back up to that, and it'll show us 17, 1, 2, 3. We're going to go to 17, 5, and this is it. So it says, Kai, Kai happy to metoron, metoron, altes onoma gegremenon musterion Babylon. So we want to click on this word musterion. This is Strong's Greek 3466. Um, and let's see. I've got it pulled up for those of you who are watching. And for those of you who cannot see, it has given me literally, you can it says Englishman's Concordance, and you can go from there. So that's what happens when you click on the word. So don't click on the word. That was my mistake. What you want to do is you want to actually come up here and click on the number 3466, which on their interlinear interface is right above the word. So 3466, Mysterion. This is Strong's Concordance, a mystery, a secret of which initiation is necessary. That's just the general definition. In the New Testament, it can mean the counsels of God, once hidden, but now revealed. In the gospel or some fact that are of the Christian revelation, generally, particularly truths or details of the Christian revelation. Now, see, we're talking about mystery, Babylon the Great, so this wouldn't apply to the Christian truths. This is actually a mystery, a secret of which initiation is necessary. And with that, we're going to pull out our handy little dossier of conspiracies and secret societies. If you are watching this, this is the cover right there. Uh, very interesting book. And we're going to read it out. It's literally like, I mean, it's it's really cool the way that it works. Um, so give me just a second. I got to get my tablet out of the way. I'm working on a new comic. Um, for the website, so hopefully I can have that written up and drawn out here in like the next month or so. It's gonna take me forever because it's just me doing it. Um, but let's I want to read this. It says, "For more than three thousand years, the mystery schools of Egypt have epitomized the very essence of the mysterious, the arcane, and the ultimate in secret wisdom and knowledge." As in ancient times, many modern cultists insist that the great teachers who presided over the Egyptian mystery schools came from some extraordinary place. If you are familiar with stories like Conan the Barbarian, the Stygian uh, mystics from that mythos, Stygian wizards, things like that, um, they're all based off of Egyptian uh, all of that, the whole magic system is based off of, like, Egyptian-like lore. Because the whole point that Robert, uh, what's his name, Robert E. Howard, I believe. Um, th so, uh, the whole premise of Conan the Barbarian, the myth that's behind that, is based off of Madame Blavatsky's teaching in Theosophy. Um yeah, I mean, it's it's Occult 101. I mean, you and you can see it everywhere once you know what you're looking for. Um, but look, this is what it goes on to say about the mystery schools. The, mystery, the mysterious first initiator, because you have to be initiated. So before that, I want to read you this. Some believe that the wise masters were those who survived the destruction of the lost continent of Atlantis. 
practice. Now, understand when you when you really when you really dig into this stuff. For those of you who don't know, Atlantis is of course an antediluvian continent. Um, antediluvian meaning before the flood, uh, of course Noah's flood. Um, and these secrets, and you can read the Book of Enoch. These secrets that these secrets that these mystery schools have are just teachings from the fallen angels. I've got this book right here, and this is just a very uh, uh, dumbed down version that can be easy to understand by Dr. Ken Johnson, who, by the way, I'm actually not a fan of. He uh, treats the Dead Sea Scrolls like they are just God's gift to man for truth, and they're not. The Dead Sea Scrolls are full of Gnosticism and trash. Uh, there's some good stuff in there, though. Um, I mean, you would look at it like any other library. It's going to have good books and bad books. But this is it for those of you watching on the video. This is Ancient Paganism, the Sorcery of the Fallen Angels. And... This is, I mean, this is, this is what the mystery schools were. This is a very dumbed-down version of somebody who actually, honestly, I'll be honest, for somebody who didn't do a deep dive into the mysteries, he got the pertinent information you need to know. Um, you know, uh, zodiac, um, horoscopes, all that, things like that that you would see today, all of that comes from the mystery schools. Um, so, but this is what it says. The mysterious first initiator into these sacred doctrines was known as Thoth, later to the Greeks by his more familiar name of Hermes. Um, Hermes Thoth is a generic name that designates a man, a caste, and a god at the same time. The later Greek disciples of this secret tradition called him Hermes Trismest Trismegistus or thrice greatest, and credited him with originating the material contained in 42 books of esoteric science. In the time of the Pharaoh Ramses, around uh, circa 1300 uh, BCE uh, or BC, if you think that um, the year should be gone by the divine, um, of course, by, you know, before Christ and I know, Dominion, the year of our Lord. Uh, but, you know, around 1300 uh, before the Common Era, just staying simple, seekers of the divine scientists came to Egypt from the distant shores of Asia Minor and Greece to study in the sanctuaries with magi and hierophants in hope of learning the secrets of immortality. Only through complete mastery of body, soul, and spirit could one see beyond death and perceive the pathways to be taken into the afterlife. Pythagoras, the great Greek philosopher, mathematician, uh, learned the secret doctrine of numbers, the heliocentric system of the universe. Everybody always asks me why I believe in flat earth. It's because the secrets of the... Uh, Heliocentric universe came from a freaking Gnostic. That's why. Um, you know, I'm just not buying it. Um, music, astrology, astronomy, mathematics, and geometry from the powerful Egyptian Magi. Literally, he talked about a heliocentric universe because of things he learned in a mystery school. 
So for me, as somebody who studies the Bible, and the Bible says that there are these mystery schools that lead ultimately lead to mystery Babylon are bad. Yeah, I don't want anything to do with you know with 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 their beliefs of the cosmos. I really don't. Um, so let's look the Greek mystery schools, and I'm just going to read from Egypt to Greece because that's really all that pertains to what we're going to look at. So from Egypt, the hidden wisdom of the mystery schools traveled to Greece. The word mystery itself, and this is what we just talked about, comes from the Greek word mind to close, referring to the need of the mystes or the initiate to close his or her eyes. So you see that the word mystes is where, um, you know, the word means the initiate, and that's why Strong says a mystery, a secret of which initiation is necessary. Um, so it says the initiate to close his or her eyes and lips to keep the secret, keep, keep secret the rites of the cult, because that's what it is. It's a cult. The religion of ancient Greece was a sophisticated kind of nature worship, wherein natural elements and phenomena were transformed into divine beings who lived atop Mount Olympus. Now, this nature worship, this is why nature worship always leads back to Gaia, or Mother Earth, uh, because Gaia was the mother who gave birth to all of the Egyptian pantheon, which later morphed and became the Greek pantheon, the Roman pantheon. Um, you know, before that, I believe they were the Babylonian pantheon, um, because I believe the two oldest religions that you're going to find are, of course, the true religion of, you know, biblical Christianity, because I do believe that Christianity did not pop up in the New Testament time. It just was not fully manifested or understood until Christ came. That was kind of the whole point. But you also have, popping up not long after that, under the, na under the reign of Nimrod, you have the mystery, uh, the original mystery Babylon coming into play. And so, but listen to this. So, the early mystery schools of the Greeks centered on the ritual reenactments of the lives of such gods as Osiris, Dionysus, Demeter, divinities most often associated with the underworld, the realm of the dead, the powers of darkness, and the process of rebirth. Now, we talked a lot on this channel about the rites of the ritual of the third degree of Freemasonry with, you know, the rite of Hiram Abiff, where the initiate acts as Hiram Abiff and is, uh, they, they, they reenact his death and his ultimate resurrection because, you know, he represents the Master Mason who will ascend to the stone of the pyramid. Guys, this is the same thing. This comes right out of these ancient rites of Osiris and all of these gods of the underworld. Look, this is what I say. It all leads back to that. All of it. Every single bit of it leads back to Egypt, which was one of the first uh, you know, Kingdoms, you know, it says that was the beast that was and is not and yet is. This is this is that kingdom. It rises and falls. It was Babylon. Then it went to Egypt. And then, you know, after a while, it came back to Babylon. And then, um, 
You know, it went to Persia, and then Greece, and then Rome. It's still in Rome right now, I believe, um, but it's also spreading its talons like poison into the bloodstream, into the brick-and-mortar 501c3 apostate church. Um, I mean, it's everywhere. I mean, this stuff is... It's like a bad song. Um, So... Um, I'm trying to think of where to go from here. So, um, just as far as with my wording, but look, it's going to come back again. I believe when you look at the news and we've talked about this, you can listen to la- la- uh, the, uh, earlier episodes of CCR weekly and it's, it's looking like there's a battle and th- th- of course that's always the way it's going to be is there's a battle, but, um, the modern secular state of Israel really wants a spot as the newest beast kingdom. They're already, they've already got the oil to uh, anoint the quote-unquote Messiah when he shows up. Um, rude awakening, he already did. And the secular state of Israel at that time uh, killed him. Uh, but he has risen again, and he's going to come back. So you might want to repent of your sins um, and give your life to Christ, uh, who, of course, is that Messiah. Um, but, I mean, they've got their Sanhedrin in place, their, you know, their Council of Seventy. I mean, they, they really want this spot. And, of course, I've, I said it last week on Dan's show. I'll say it again this week. I believe the man they want to head it up is none other than Donald J. Trump. Um, I think that's evident by the fact that he is on the coin with Cyrus, who, of course, is referred to as God's Mashiach or anointed one because he was anointed by God to bring the uh, captives back. You know, he was the one who issued that decree. But I believe they want they want Trump to be that guy for them. Is he? I mean, he, he fits the bill, honestly, in my opinion. The only way to know for sure is to see what happens. Um, you know, I don't think we can be sure as of yet because we don't know the future. And to say so, quite frankly, I think is foolish. And there are people who are saying it. Um, so from there, I want to read you this book. Now, I've read part of this on air before. This is the book, God is the Verb, Kabbalah, and the Practice of Mystical Judaism. Now, see, this is what I'm saying, you know. When I understand, when I say the secular state of Israel, I'm not talking about your everyday Jewish person. I'm talking about what the Bible says, those who say they are Jews and are not, but are really the synagogue of Satan. This is what I'm talking about, this mystical garbage that they picked up from Babylon and Persia, and they've mingled like iron with miry clay, for you know, lack of a better analogy, um, and I think it fits. Um, they've mingled these things together because, well, let's just look. Um, so... And it says, in September 1981, not long after our wedding, Shoshana and I made an exploratory trip to Israel to decide if it was a place we would want to live and study. We arrived just before Rosh Hashanah, 
and were invited to more than two dozen homes of religiously observant families for festive for festive holy day and Sabbath meals during that month. It was a marvelous experience in almost every way, but a single theme pervaded throughout our visit that deeply bothered us and almost discouraged us from returning. Rosh Hashanah is viewed as the day marking the creation of the world. It is Adam and Eve's birthday, so to speak. On an esoteric level, it is a day of judgment. And each person's name is inscribed in a heavenly book for life or death in the coming year. My curiosity was piqued at one of the first households we visited when Elisha, our host, held firm to a fundamental belief that Adam and Eve were real people and that creation had occurred 5,742 years earlier. According to Elisha, nothing had existed prior to this. I found this idea somewhat amusing and said about science clearly proves otherwise. Archaeology, geology, biology, and astronomy have all methods to sh- all have methods to show that the world is hundreds of millions of years old. Elisha said none of these scientific hypotheses can be proven. They are all dependent upon observation. But consider this what if the creation were done in a way that artifacts were created in place? Every bone of so-called prehistoric animals was created at the time at the same time as Adam and Eve, and everyone was created in a way that carbon tests would show it to be millions of years old. You mean to say, I responded, that God played a cosmic joke on science and everything is really a fake, put there to fool people into thinking that the universe is billions of years old when it, in fact it is only a few thousand years old? Yes, that is precisely what I'm saying. Moreover, there is nothing a scientist can do to absolutely prove me wrong. According to this point with Elisha would be like arguing arguing this point with Elisha would be like arguing whether a falling tree made a sound if nobody hears it clearly. An omniscient and omnipotent uh, an omniscient and omnipotent prankster could set up almost any mirage. If this were so, there would be no reason to believe that anything believe that anything happened one minute ago, much less billions of years. Nonetheless, I had difficulty with Elisha's approach in that it was founded upon a God that used an elaborate scheme of deceit. Although it is true that a belief system that questions the physicality of the material world could be helpful in opening us to mystical awareness. There are many ways to suggest the illusory nature of our reality without proposing a willful trick. Unfortunately, God is a trickster would have a creation that by its nature would be missing true faith as an essential quality because nothing could be believed in a universe built upon deception. So he goes on to talk about some things about continu- the uh, principle of continuous Creation, Kabbalah, and the Big Bang Theory, because yes, that's where the Big Bang Theory actually originated from, and it was a Kabbalist Jesuit that actually uh, made it what it is today. The Nature of God is the next chapter. It talks about the Ein Sof, uh, the Divine Kiss, all of this blasphemous stuff. But, you know, that is basically what I wanted to show you is that mysticism in Judaism is very much a thing. So, 
with that, I want to turn our attention um, to how this started to creep into the church. Now, for those of you who are you're able to see this, here is this is the lost books of the Bible. This is who's this edited by. Um, I don't remember. It doesn't really say, but this is this old book. So this is, has things like the Gospel of Mary, the Proto-Evangelion, the Gospel of Infancy uh, by James, the Gospel of the Infancy by Thomas, you know, a bunch of just stupid stuff. But it has some good stuff, too. It has, really, after that, after the Gospel of Nicodemus, the alleged gospel of Nicodemus, I should say. You get into things like, you know, the Apostles' Creed, the letter to the Laodiceans, um, you know, First and Second Clement, Barnabas, Ephesians, uh, Magnesians, Tralians. Basically, you know, what is essentially the, um, you know, the uh, Apostolic Fathers. So, but I want to show you guys kind of how this crept in. So, if you were to look up the Wikipedia to either the Infancy Gospel of James, which is actually Caiaphas, I can show you that right now. Um, it says it right here. Um, the following accounts we found in the book of Joseph, the high priest, um, Joseph, excuse me. Um, but yeah, this was, um, it says, the following accounts we found in the book of Joseph, the high priest, called by some, Caiaphas. Right there, that makes me say, hold up. Why the heck would the high priest, who was an appointee of Herod and not a good man, why would he write a gospel of infancy? It makes absolutely no sense. I'm out right there. But I want to show you some weird stuff that happens in here. So basically, the entire first chapter is the <coughs> birth of and this is what, so basically, Joseph goes out to look for a midwife, and this is what it says. This is verse 9. It was after the sunset when the old woman and Joseph with her reached the cave, and they both went into it. And behold, it was all filled with lights, greater than the light of lamps and candles, and the greater than the light of the sun itself. The infant was then wrapped up in swaddling clothes and sucking the breast of his mother, St. Mary. When they both saw this light, they were surprised. The woman asked St. Mary, Art thou the mother of this child? St. Mary replied, She was. On which the old woman said, Thou art very different from all other women. And St. Mary answered, As there is not any child like to my son, so neither is there any woman like to his mother. That comes across so haughty to me. Um, and just based off of what I have read in the scriptures, does not seem like something Mary would say at all. Um, but you know, this isn't my only problem with it. You know, maybe if it was just that, you know, I could say, uh, you know, maybe it's just, maybe I'm misunderstanding it, you know? I mean, but listen to this. Um, you know, this is, by the way, this is the infancy gospel. This is where the idea of perpetual, the perpetual virginity of Mary was first introduced. 
Um, and that's not just me saying that. You can find that in articles about this. But this is where it comes from. Verse 6, at that time, old Simeon saw him shining as a pillar of light when St. Mary, the virgin, his mother, carried him in her arms and was filled with the greatest pleasure at that thought. Now, could Mary have still been a virgin at this time? Theoretically, yes. Um, having never actually, you know, you know, she never lay with a man. Um, but my the only problem I have is, um, and I need to do more research this on myself, is I cannot tell if the virginity ends when the woman. I mean, obviously, with every other woman, it would end upon the first act of sexual intercourse. But you know, Jesus broke that matrix, which was kind of you know. That was a big right in and of itself. Um, so look, I mean, you guys listening, tell me what you think. Um, you know, this is just for me. I, I was not going to actually, you know, talk about this. And then I saw that this was the gospel that introduced that. And I couldn't help but think this was the verse that it had to be coming from. Could she still be one? Yes. I just don't like the way they capitalize the virgin. Like, I get it. It's very important to point out that Mary was a virgin before she had Jesus because Isaiah 7 clearly says that the virgin would give birth, you know? Um, you can't miss that. And a bunch of your apostate Bibles and Hebrew root Bibles, they'll change that. Well, actually, that one that word really means is uh, it means... Uh, young woman or maid. So, but guys, we're going to stop for a break real quick and we're going to come back here in just a few minutes. So just give me a minute, grab some water, you know, stretch your legs. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Just a friendly reminder, CCR Weekly is... A variety show where we will talk about the news that is currently going on as well as topics in the Bible that people really want to know about. If you are here just for the Bible topic, I completely understand. However, I do ask that you be patient. 